0: Welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ed
1: Greer. And I'm Ron Swallow. And today, we are going to be talking about the greatest misunderstood characters. Well, there's, there's a lot of
0: people that we can um, get into. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, off the top of the dome, obviously, there's many characters like The Joker and Tony Montana that people talk about is misunderstood. So let's kind of get into some of those uh, because they're just the lowest hanging fruit. So let's pick it quickly.
1: Yeah. um, When people try to uh, make you sympathize with a murdering psychopath, uh, it's bad.
0: (laughs) But come on, Billy the Kid, people like that through history, just straight up murderers. Some of those guys are pretty cool because they murder cool. They murder cool.
1: Yeah, they were rebels. That's like the big thing that they love to say, that they're rebels against society's norms. Yeah, but the thing that they're rebellious against is letting people live. And I don't know (laughs) about you. not a huge fan when people (laughs) don't let me live. I like living. I like it. (laughs) I like uh, drinking delicious cherry Coke. I like eating ice cream and, uh, and, and, and having steak. And you know what I can't do when I'm dead? Those things.
0: Well, you know, uh, if you are uh, a lady trying to help the Joker in a psychiatric ward, Mm. well, you just kind of deserve to get killed. Right. So it's like that, that, that doesn't really count. And then all the people who are mean to them, they don't count as people, so we just kind of murder those people. And then, you know, all the uh, people that don't support his delusions and stuff, or don't support his worldview, they deserve to get shot in the head. So, like, really, Joker really isn't a bad guy at all.
1: Not at all. I mean? mean, uh, Look, Ed, I mean, think about all the people who haven't laughed at our jokes. Uh, We clearly should have murdered them.
0: Murdered them. Murdered them. They don't get it. They don't get that. They don't get how hilarious. No, but, you know, realistically, dude, I think the discourse over the Joker uh, starts with so many people wanting to identify with the perennial loser that they'll take just fucking the system up temporarily. I think that's kind of, I don't want to say dangerous because I kind of hate, I am a liberal, but I hate the liberal mind of like, this idea is dangerous. I hate that, dude. 'cause that's kind of what the other side's that's the other side's thing that they like to do. It's like this don't, don't no ideas, stop these ideas, you know what I mean no
1: new thing we don't like new, yeah, no, we're yeah. not saying that we're not saying that,
0: but so I don't wanna say the the idea of choker um you know somebody shaking up the system, somebody uh rebelling against stuff, somebody coming to terms with the fact that they're a loser and just blowing up over it all none of these things are 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 all the way evil because there are things that that people need to explore in fiction so they don't do them in real life however a bunch of people really identifying so much with somebody whose role is to lose and whose role is to show that chaos always gets beat by order like chaos over time wins entropy over time wins Every single building that you've ever seen is going to be dust in the wind before it's all over or burnt up in a solar uh, solar occurrence a billion years from now or whatever. The bottom line is nothing lasts forever. Things tend to fall apart. Entropy does win on a long scale. But across the time of somebody's human life, order wins. And Batman representing, for better or worse, a certain sort of order, and Joker representing uh, uh, chaos, it just... It just bothers me a tiny bit that certain people are just like, I'd rather live my short ass life in utter fucking chaos, baby, because the system sucks. I understand certain things need to be changed about stuff, but change is incremental. Change, is, change takes place over lifetimes. My yep. mom lived in, in segregation. Change takes place over your whole lifetime. So focusing more locally and changing stuff, not strapping bombs to yourself, or doing weird, crazy bullshit, shooting talk show hosts in the head. That doesn't yeah. seem to be the way that you make incremental change that will benefit future generations. And again, people not giving a fuck about future generations, people worshiping chaos more than building an order. It just It's not cool, it's not sexy, and it's not smart. And it's been sold as all of those, because people think nihilism is cool for a certain period of time. But like, Start getting up to mortgage age and come tell me about goddamn nihilism and entropy and shit.
1: <laughs> well, and the other thing is I think a lot of people see the the bucking against the system as like a Robin Hood type thing. Where with Robin Hood, it made sense. Like people were starving and then they got they got killed by the king if they hunted a deer that happened to wander onto his land by a, a millimeter. And mm-hmm. that's different. That's We're not talking about characters like Robin Hood. We're talking about murder. Crazy people, Billy the Kid, all these Tony Montana selling drugs. Like they didn't even tell the story correctly, like in a way that makes sense. Because it wasn't like he just showed up and started selling drugs. It wasn't like (laughs) he tried to get a job and. (laughs) The job. I couldn't find a job, and he was desperate and starving. He was just like, "Let's sell these drugs, make this money." That's not good. Like at least if he was desperate and was like, "Oh shit, I gotta sling drugs because my grandma needs insulin and I can't take care of her," you know what I mean? Like if it's a story where it's like, there's something that causes people to make a bad decision, and then they have a a, a change that maybe makes them a little bit better. or I don't know. Once they sell the drugs, they become legit and buy some businesses and start employing people and help out their community and stop selling drugs. I don't know something where it's, it, it's not glamorizing being a psychopath who hurts people.
0: Mm, I'm cool. Well, well, see. And that, but part of me goes, I kind of, in that moment, I did start to see what people, um, people read way too much into the Joker. People read a lot of, uh, at certain people, a certain demographic of people, identify Mm -hmm. with his white face too much uh and and really kind of get into part of all all those aspects that you can fill in on your on your own they get into this kind of weird uh i've been pushed into the category of a loser by these lesser people and i'll rise in the end because chaos wins and they kind of tied up a lot of fucked up ideas and all that kind of shit to that end uh another few communities tie in this weird love of tony Montana because tony Montana fights a system which is like if you just think about it just simply the only reason why selling drugs is actually fucking wrong is because it is illegal thusly the people who are illegally selling stuff have to have these private fucked up machine gun wars with each other to secure the territory to sell this thing illegally there's only certain spots that where it's safe and not under surveillance all the fucking time to sell and to sell and make this business so these people have to fight each other over these sections of turf or in the modern age over these this customer base that could be on the internet that could be all different types of ways but the bottom line is they still have to fight the competition in their area and it's with deadly means and also the culture of of drugs just to be frank when you can when you'll do anything to get drugs there are people who will shoot your ass to get drugs and sometimes they are they are in coke armies or they're a lone crazy person trying to kill people for drugs and that's the part where it gets a little morally nebulous and fucked and up look
1: would the movie be as good if it was like he showed up realized that if he could just get drugs legalized that everybody's lives would be a little bit better and then he went to uh he showed like statistics in different countries where it is decriminalized and then he worked hard and voted to become a senator, and then Mr. Mr. T- the Tony
0: Montana and... goes to Washington.
1: <laughs> like, sure, I guess that's not as good a movie, but at the same time, maybe it's a better movie.
0: you in Congress. You try to tell me I'm a bad guy. It's like, all right, dude. Stop. Say hello to my little
1: friend. And it's just like a law that helps people. It's out. a bill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he slams it down on the table
0: in the story of tony montana the thing that's the thing that people glom onto about tony montana is the whole rebel against the system fuck the law yada yada yada. do whatever you can to get money especially when you i think they in the beginning of the movie they try to give a little bit of this like as soon as they get off the boat they're just getting harassed and shit because everybody knows that that uh castro dumped his quote-unquote worst i.e uh, sanitarium people supposedly you know mental illness was more stigmatized in those days so if you dro- if you decided to drop off a bunch of mentally ill people uh, of any stripe and people with criminal records and those are the people you decide to send directly to another country it can be seen as sort of an act of you know almost war and so yeah. when when the people arrive and they get put into detention right In the detention culture, it's just like prison culture. People have to, like, sometimes people were pre-revolutionary figures, you know what I mean? And they were doing bad shit to try to stop the revolution and shit. So, like, they were getting stabbed up in there because they were in the general population with other people. So they used to be an aristocrat. Now they're in with regular people They're getting stabbed up. That environment, I could could see, could turn, you know, fuck somebody's brain up. And then you're a fucking felon and a non-citizen in a foreign country you know what the fuck you gotta do so i could see and, and he and he did he did work a job at, at a at like a you know a, a shitty place selling burgers and shit and his yeah, boss was shitty and they, they did dramatize all that so that's not where it is to me where it is is tony montana had so many psychosexual problems and and uh, and yeah. he also owed the wrong people I think the message that people get out of Tony Montana is, hey, man, stick to your guns. Don't break your balls or your word. And sometimes you have to go out, but you'll go out blasting. And that's the dumbest shit I ever heard in my life. The problem was Mm -hmm. he owed the wrong people. When he wouldn't blow up that family for those super coke lords who gave him his start, when he wouldn't do that, he violated a covenant. If you owe me... Then you do what the fuck I say. If I ask you to blow up 15 children and piss on their graves, what would make you think that I would be so dishonorable to do that? And the dude's like, what the fuck do you mean? I, like, loaned you a million dollars back in the days, a million dollars, 1980s money, when you were flipping burgers. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, once you get yourself in the world of favors that huge, to where somebody can ask you to fucking... With a straight face, ask you to kill a president or or a lawyer or whatever, something like that, that was going to work on making some laws that would fuck them up. But that guy, he couldn't live, according to this other person's point of view. So once you owe people that much, that's where you're fucking up. And nobody gets that lesson from Scarface. Zero people. Because people don't get that part. People get all this other bullshit when really don't owe people that much. You know, and it's hard to get your start in anything without owing somebody, but you can't owe people that fucking much to where it it fucks up your soul.
1: Yeah, I I think this uh, also lends itself uh, to the people who don't understand Fight Club Mm. uh, very well and Tyler Durden in general. Uh, Loving the dude because he beats people up. That's not part. You're not getting you're not getting it. And and I think that's one of the big things in this is like sometimes people key in on the wrong shit. I think with 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 Tyler Durden, they're not saying, hey, it's cool to be a crazy guy who has a split personality and wants to punch people in the face over and over again. Like I, if you get that, if that's what you get from it, I don't I don't think you paid attention.
0: It's almost like all of boxing culture is that, though. It's almost like that's the least reprehensible part of it because it starts out with people punching instead of talking and then it gets into a giant fucking terrorist movement that is that starts out terrorizing corporations but quickly starts to get to the point where they're in order to terrorize corporations or terrorize the the so-called establishment you have to terrorize people you know what I mean? They're not, it's not an abstract concept that you're terrorizing or hurting or trying to threaten to chop their balls off. It's, it's a fucking it's real people.
1: Like I don't know. Maybe don't blow up buildings. There could have been people in there.
0: Yeah, but no, all the janitors shoot everybody out magically because that's another thing about all these rebel institutions. Uh, especially when, like in Star Wars, it's like they were like, hey, man, these dudes are fascists, so we can, like, blow them up and steal their information and do whatever. Now, the Empire is doing that all the time. Yeah. So that's what justifies the rebels in acting that way. But, like, I love the fact that we're getting so much minutiae about the Star Wars um, world, how, like, at least some, uh, like, they try to make it to where everybody's a clone trooper. But even then, all the clone troopers have personalities, too. So no yep. matter what you think, everybody that got lasered up by Han Solo and all them, they were real people. They didn't necessarily go home to a family, but they went home to Rekha and uh, and the rest of the big bitches or whatever the fuck. And they hung out and they did their shit and they were people and they were getting smoked by these terrorists led by Princess Leia and them. And fucking <laughs> General Organa and them were like terrorists of their time. Because their government had gotten so fascistic that it needed rebels. So it's almost like people can can think about it as like, whoever the fuck I want to blow up and kill is a fascist. Black Lives Matter is a bunch of fascists. They're trying to police my language and tell me their lives matter more. I understand that's not the point, but in that person's head, that's what they're thinking. They're telling me other people's lives matter more, or equal, and some people are like, or equal to. That's equal. equally offensive to me. I don't give a yeah. fuck what you're talking about. So that's a terrorist organization. So therefore, if somebody hurts them or shoots people that are running around with them or shoots some white folk that's running around with them, fuck them. They're fascists. So the, the, that's why people don't... That's why... People don't like to throw around the word fascist because nobody actually, nobody in the regular discourse that's using the word fascist even really can define it. You know what I mean? They they tend to just put it on people that they don't like. That's why that's how you get all these people talking about. If I have to wear my mask, it's like X Y Z year in Germany. It's like okay, hold on, hold on, take with a that yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, it's, so all I'm saying is you you assign fascistic tendencies to anything you want to destroy. Which is why that's a slippery slope when you're thinking about who the fucking rebels actually are and how yeah. how how much we actually identify with rebels. And obviously rebels need to exist. I mean, our country wouldn't exist if there yeah. weren't rich people who decided they didn't want to follow the rules somewhere. Rich people yeah. who didn't want to follow the rules somewhere came over here. It wasn't a bunch of people suckling babies in the hold of ships it was yeah. like some pretty rich people traveling that fucked up way because that was where the times. I get why rebellion is always so sexy to people, I, yep. because especially to the American mind, it's rebellion is extra sexy and rebelling against anything can seem so fucking cool. Uh, but, so, you know,
1: should we define like good rebellion?
0: I, I don't know, man. It's It's really like beauty. Rebellion is like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. Right. Because like there there are people who are like uh I I remember as a young man being sort of obsessed with the fact that there are people who could read something like American Psycho and see it as a rebellion against a lot of things. Norms of uh sexual congress, norms as far as like who deserves to be murdered, norms as far as what is okay to fantasize about and write about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like it, if you really look at the the whole book American Psycho and the subsequent movie in the end there's still this plausible deniability that he didn't do any of that shit that all of that crazy shit he was thinking about was just in his head and that he's uh, and there's even like certain interpretations where it's like it's almost like he's in a, an amalgamation of that lifestyle he's less a character than an amalgamation of the people living that lifestyle and that that lifestyle of fuck you pay me greed is good or whatever that was going on in the eighties at that time. Yeah. Was it had murderous consequences on like the market and people's lives. It had murderous consequences. So it was like the murder that Patrick Bateman was doing was a metaphor for the financial trading and the bullshit that he was contributing to a system that was fucking people and murdering people in in that sphere. So you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like there's all these ways to like recontextualize all this fucking shit. You were talking about Rorschach earlier. Yeah. Rorschach is like, what if the detective dude had none of the resources and none of the glamour and was going up against a giant conspiracy and was technically correct? Even though he had all these other flaws as a human being, you know, even though he was he had these psychoses. In the end, this person who was crazy got to the root of the real thing that actually happened though the crazy guy was right in that respect but he wasn't right on on almost any other aspect but people kind of seize on the fact that it took a crazy person believing a crazy thing to be right because everybody else was like there's no grand conspiracy to kill old super types there's nobody trying to do anything to unite the world against aliens. <laughs> that's that's crazy talk, and it turned out yeah. to be absolutely true. So I think Alan Moore was playing with a little I think that's why Alan Moore kind of regrets that that he had that character, even though it makes ironic sense and a literary sense. It isn't it kind of does throw another log on the fire of the crazies could actually be right.
1: Yeah, like uh people love to read that and be like, "See, The craziest, the people who sound the craziest are actually the smartest. And it's like, no. Every every what? Look, a a blind mice, a blind mice is gonna find a piece of cheese every once in a while because it's got a nose, even though the nose is injured. I just made that up, but you get what I'm saying. Like it's it's. (laughs)
0: I think most people say a broken clock is right twice a day.
1: Yeah, I wanted to make it way more complicated. But, <laughs> the, wait, wait a minute. What happened to this mouse? Was he blinded by the like
0: the guy who, he's, who, he's who threw acid in Two-Face's face? Yeah, he got, cause, he cause
1: got it acid. Also, his... it, hurt his, it hit his little nose, and so he yeah. couldn't smell as well. But he smelled enough to every once in a while run into some motherfucking cheese, even though he doesn't know what's going on and can't smell anything. You get the point. Um, <laughs> There's the I guess what I don't like in these these type of characters is this praising crazies or or the wrong kind of rebels. And again, I know I know that's like you're saying from the eye of the beholder type of thing. Um, well, who's some other guys we were thinking about? Oh, from Punch Drunk Love.
0: Oh uh, yeah, just in passing. I just really felt like that movie was one of those like, there's. I I kind of don't like the genre of cinema where there's always somebody for you. Oh yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. think that's true. And you know what? I'm a hella beneficiary of it, actually. You know what I'm saying? Like, it 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 is one of these things where, whatever the fuck is wrong with you, there might be somebody out there for you, but to rely on that to this ridiculous degree and to like almost nurture how fucked up and childlike that character was and how uh how much pressure he put on that lady you know it was like weird you know what i mean it was was like there's always going to be some lady out there to mother you uh when you decide that you you know don't want to pick up after yourself when you when you when you want to be crazy as fuck and run up a bunch of phone sex bills when you want to do all this weird shit there's always going to be this woman there to like look at all those quirks and think they're all cool and shit and it's just i don't know it's like it's bothersome to me on some level that that there's so many people who kind of think like that and i think that's me kind of probably projecting a little bit and identifying that like man my chick puts up with so much dumb garbage for me and so much she does have to do, so much of that bullshit. But at the same time, but also it's me going like, but like at least I put some effort into being cool to trap her ass in this relationship. This motherfucker, <laughs>
1: you know he just what I'm saying? Like a pile of shit. He just acts this- like a piece of shit, and then gets to have a girlfriend.
0: Yeah, and it's just, and just like it, it, even if it's not like such a piece of shit, but just like like such a, uh, just why would you want to be around that? You don't have to be a piece of shit to be somebody who's like, I don't want to hang out with you, though. Like, that's, you know, you're benign, benign shittiness. He just had a benign patina of shittiness that he just didn't didn't make any real effort to get off of him. And then, of course, you know, over the course of the movie, he makes some you can define an arc in anything, which is part of why I kind of think it's interesting how many characters on this list have a flat arc you know what i mean uh these people who are just like i'm gonna stick to my guns and i'm not actually gonna do that arc thing to change i'm gonna do that arc thing to get more into my ideology and by the end of it the shit's gonna blow up on me because i went super full bore into my ideology i think it's interesting how many of these guys um are on here because i i kind of sometimes when you talk about arcs ron i'm just like that doesn't happen in real life, so it, it pushes me more to the nihilistic side of like it's more realistic. You know what I'm saying? Know. When I you see somebody, I
1: think people change, and
0: I, I, not for the better. This concept that people just—I I, understand. For every fucking, hey, I used to be a gangbanger and now I'm a senator, motherfucker. There's 50 million. I was a piece of shit at 13, smoking behind the school, and I'm a 45 year old piece of shit smoking behind the fucking thing. And I just didn't, I didn't do anything. I just got older as that. Sure. So the moment and fucking inertia is moving a lot of motherfuckers around, dude. So I just think, I just think in movies, it's like, I also think it's like change is very incremental. I understand yeah. in movies, it's about like, you know, a hey, two hours, you got to have made some super life change in your life. But it's like, that's not how anything happens. Like most people don't have a. 24 to 48 hour period where they became a whole different person I started painting this year and it didn't happen in 24 fucking hours it happened over the course of a fucking global pandemic it it happened incrementally of me learning how to color in digital without any waste or, or spending too much money to like get all these colors and shit and then it went to why aren't your colored drawings why aren't your colored drawings the same as painting because they don't have any dimension to them, you can't see the roundness of the form. You can't; they're not lit properly. You had to put a lot more work into your shit to make it be a round, real form. But and so on and so forth. And I had to learn all the. There's like twenty seven or fifty eight planes on the nose. Like it, on the average human nose, there's like that many different planes that you have to get down when you're trying to light a nose. Mm, then all this I'm kind have
1: of disagree with that, Ed. You you just put one line, in a little <laughs> circle. <laughs> It's got to be a triangle thing. So eyes are also a triangle? Look, it's very yeah, simple. Ed. I it's don't very think...
0: simple. I your <laughs> eyes are just round, and nose is just a, a no, a no, slit. no. Calm
1: down. Eyes are kind of round, but they're mostly a triangle. <laughs> um, but you know,
0: I, so all, so all I'm saying about <laughs> with all that shit is, it didn't happen in twenty four hours, and it, it didn't even happen over yeah. the course of like it, the what what's gonna what's gonna come from my paintings it's probably 10 years away if I'm being super honest. So I'm just saying it's like that. That's not how drama that's not how life works. So I hate when it's jammed up drama's ass when it's just like somebody has to have this moment in the movie or whether somebody has to change for the better over this adventure. I don't know, man. I think, I think that's part of the success of shit. Like Jack Reacher and shit It's just like, I'm a big ass dude. I come into town. Motherfuckers try to fuck with me and I beat their ass. That's it. You know what I mean? I think because that's more I mean and I in solve real life. Whatever
1: problem is happening to somebody and that's it. And I do it with my fists. Yeah. And it's
0: just it's just it's just I mean, frankly, that's more realistic than somebody going, you know what? I'm gonna change my life for the love of Margaret. One uh, there are people who spend 20, 30 years in a row beating people's ass with no repercussions. They're called cops. Oh, but like, but you know what I'm saying? So it's like I just think the part of me does get nihilistic when I start thinking about like when when we're looking at arcs, most people have a pretty fucking flat arc. They find out what they want to do at 18, 19 years old, they pursue it in a long row. Sometimes they murder somebody along the way, so the art starts doing all this weird shit. They go to prison, start reading and shit. The art goes this way, but in the end, I don't know how many people lead lives like that. Honestly, of that sort of high adventure, well, like a and, lot of people, isn't, you know,
1: isn't that why we tell stories? Is we're telling the unique stories. We're telling the story of the that's person true. who changes. I mean, you know, you're not you don't want to tell stories of the everyday man because. Frankly, they're boring and you don't remember them. Like I, I use this as an example all the time. Like when you're at a bar and if you've been to bars multiple times, you'll see dudes who say the shittiest things to women and are just pieces of shit. And then you'll see a couple of dudes stand up for the ladies and you remember both of those guys. Do you remember that one dude? who was having a beer with his buddy and didn't say much to anybody else but his buddy and then left and tipped the the waitress and just didn't say anything about it and just went on his day no you don't remember that guy at all that's the normal guy that's what a normal guy does they just go in and they're nice and when they see some shit go down they kind of keep to themselves and then they fucking go home and there's nothing wrong with them and also boring ass story
0: well, I, I, all I'm saying is even heroes, a lot of times people are heroes. have a flat-ass arc. Yeah, I want to go serve my country. I'm going to go shoot everybody that they tell me to shoot. And they shoot people they tell them to shoot, and they survive a couple tours in XYZ place. They become a fucking officer. They get off the field. They get to be a colonel. Then they go retire and they eat some pie. And the whole time they were just like from 18 to 56, I like to shoot people for my country. And I believe that anybody in my country aims me at is a true target and i need to take them out for the good of all in this world and they live that from 18 to 60 fucking five years old and there's no up and downs there's no loop-de-loops maybe around 56 he goes shit man that shit might have been fucked up oh well it's paid for my entire life and it's made my fucking made me a patriarch with wonderful grandkids and shit who all want to be soldiers like me so fuck it you know what yeah. I mean? Like how, you know, how many lives change like that? So, but, but that's neither here nor there in the, in regards to the, the, I'm just saying the flat arc of the characters that we're talking about intrigues me on some level. Cause I think that's kind of what makes people love them so much is it's, it's like, if my, if I have a change, it's from small time drug dealer to big time drug dealer. If I have a change, it's from guy who kills one homeless guy to guy who kills 15 hookers in, in one row and wraps them up in a bunch of bags and throws them down the thing and never gets caught. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're – these guys have a flat arc toward – I I start a little fight club. I end up being a – I start a little fight club to master my manipulation of men and their, in, and their insecurities, and I make it into a giant terrorist organization. You know what I mean? And the only yeah. arc is one person discovering that they wanted to do that and one of their personalities and deciding – oh shit, that might be kind of bad. I might have to pull up before. And then their their mission gets accomplished anyway. As yeah. soon as they discover that they should not be wanting it, their mission gets accomplished anyway. So you know what I'm saying? That's like the ultimate and kind of a flat arc. So it's like, it's just interesting to me that a lot of these characters on this list kind of have that. Uh, Joker went from, I'm a nebbish to I'm actually dangerous, dangerous, but the society of Gotham helped him to become become more dangerous by mythologizing him. That's where he comes into Travis Bickleville where Travis Bickle was just one guy shooting up one, you know, den of iniquity. Yeah. And it got turned into hero kills pimps to save girl. And that makes it into this whole culture where people can applaud him and he can actually get Sybil Sybil Shepard in the end because she thinks his idiosyncrasies of being a nutto was actually just you know eccentricities that made him a hero but that's not true the media made it that way he didn't make it that way he didn't change you understand yeah. what i'm saying it's he didn't change team. at all and, but the world changed around him i think that's an interesting ingredient in all of these these movies with these so-called misunderstood characters i mean look at uh thanos we're going to talk about yeah. thanos
1: Oh, yeah. Thanos. is. Uh, it's uh, so many people who loved the hashtag Thanos is right thing. And it's like, uh, you think murdering a trillions of people is right for other people to eat more? Like, especially when we're dealing with magic and we've and look, I'm not going to I'll repeat it, but it's already been said. How about you just snap and make more food? like we've already said it it's been pretty clear and it's interesting that people do think that that guy is right but and you're right he has no arc at all he can he starts out thinking he's right and that he's the only one who's right and he ends thinking he's the only one who's right so maybe a lot of why people like these characters is because of their cult of personality because they think they're so right like there's such a there's a security in people who have ultimate confidence and no mm. need to change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really true. I think that's why a lot of those eighties um, heroes were so big. Yeah. You know, and because of course we had two, I we mean, on our Stallone versus Schwarzenegger episode. You can check out us going all the way into this uh, conversation. But at that time there was like these two beefcakes who could just, do no wrong basically in these movies where they were always like they're always right there if somebody pushed them too far they could unleash this unholy fury of, of physical power on these people who were being shitty and they were just that simple there wasn't yep. he uh, stallone never shot a kid and had to like you know uh eat donuts with the rest of the guys at a desk job, like Reginald Bell Johnson <laughs> you know, at die hard. Die hard comes out in like 87, 88, which is like late in the eighties where we were almost tired of the big muscle guy who could defeat everybody. That's why, you know, Bruce Willis barely beats that first guy. That was a shot across the bow of like, Hey man, this is a real guy in a real situation. His feet can get hurt. His shirt can get dirty. This shit is really serious business. You know what I mean, so uh, yeah. but yeah, those some of those eighties characters are just like, I'm right, and as long as I stay right and keep marching in a in a juggernaut fashion towards my goal, I'll achieve it. I'll get Jenny back, I'll give these people yeah i'll I'll fucking although it, <laughs> Total recall actually does have a real a real arc and a real. A real interesting story about it. So I won't lump that in with stuff like Commando, where he's just sort of an automaton marching forward. But all of them were fun. But yeah, that simple guy. I remember Kurt Vimmer. Equilibrium isn't bad like that. It's a good it's pretty decent action stuff. But it is just yeah. Christian Bale as a bad motherfucker who fucks people up. And then he changes kind of his uh his mentality, I guess, changes because he starts thinking that emotion might be kind of a good thing. But physically and action-wise, he doesn't get a finger laid on him for the most part of the whole movie. He's just slicing fools and shooting fools with the greatest of ease. And Kurt Vimmer was like, "Yeah, dude, I just kind of like movies where people, where the good guy just sort of fuck people up, and uh, you know, all this like uh, going through a bunch of pain and you know, falling down the stairs and getting hurt. And eh, I don't really feel that. I just kind of like the hero to kick some ass. But back to Thanos, the whole thing about Thanos is. You're right that he just stays the same, and uh, and I'm not about to defend him on any level. I'm thinking the people who think that he's right kind of are kind of those sticklers. People kind of sticklery, and I think when they think of Thanos, they they think of even with all the magic of the rings or the rings, the the magic of the fucking stones. I don't think that they think that they could that they could make infinite food. I think that they they for some reason think that that's preposterous but killing half of the population is something that can on some level actually be done. And I think that's where it starts getting weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz like people have conducted genocides before.
1: Look, it's you the know same what I people, mean? Yeah, it's the same people who like look at the number of people who died during the pandemic and just be like, "Well, it's only like 1% of people who got it." And you're like, um, yeah, one percent of people is a lot of people. That's like millions yeah. and millions of people, dude. Like that's a serious thing, and we would like it to be less people. That, yeah, there's that, there's maybe that's up. the same type of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's the not give a fuck if you don't know them. They could die anyways. That's that's a lot. I, I think there's some kind of weird psychosis when a number is big though. I think that's a big part of it too. When you start yeah. saying a trillion, it comes to a point where you're like, I don't even know what that means. You kill a grandpa yeah. in front of them, they'll think it's horrifying. But if you told people that a million people died from, uh, you know, someone not being diligent, then that's too big a number for them to really comprehend. So I I don't know. Maybe that's the the, the mm. like the the defending of Thanos thing. But it's it's so weird. I, I don't think I'll ever understand that type of attitude do i want to ed
0: uh no no i think there's limits to empathy i was also going to uh talk about um i think we mentioned it a little bit earlier but we didn't really go into it but the alec baldwin character in glengarry glenn ross off air we had a conversation about it but like there's more in common with the thanos is right type of person uh uh as uh brian simpson uh i think his uh one of his tweets is uh uh, I can't stand a Thanos is right type of nigga, you know, <laughs> and it's just, like, it's, it just, it just really puts forth the idea that like, yeah, that type of person is usually didactic in their thought process. They're usually very, uh, they want to, they want to do all this devil's advocate. You know what I'm saying? These people just, just love to throw a devil's advocate on there. It's just like certain things, the devil, certain things, certain times when you do a devil's advocate, you're doing just that. That's exactly what you're doing. You're arguing the worst shit. So it's like anybody can do that. Anybody can pick the most reprehensible fucking thing and then argue the other side. That's some – that gets you points in debate class. But real life isn't that. Nobody needs to be like arguing the rights of pederasts. You know what I'm saying? Like literally nobody needs to be doing that. That's not something you need to spend your intellectual energy on. So it's like uh to, to and not to a way lesser degree, but kind of more harmful on the whole. We don't want to get into that conversation, but like people who worship capitalism, yeah. Alec Baldwin's character in Glengarry Glen Ross uh I used to sell on on the phone as you did too, but I yeah. also used to do collections, and I used to talk to people about real money shit. I used to talk to people about their mortgages and stuff, and I used to talk about land and mortgages and and foreclosures and taking people's shit away if they fuck with me and different shit like that. I used to be in that business which I think the karmic toll is fucking me in the A right now, dude. I I, I was a real fucking not not I wasn't an asshole. I was probably one of the most compassionate people that I knew in that business. But there was still some shit where it's like you're starting to think of people as numbers. You're starting to think of like like, how much can you collect from them by this time? How can you get them out of foreclosure to make your numbers better, not to make their life better? There's a lot of shortcuts you start taking to be in that world. So all I'm saying is, when you look at somebody like the Alec Baldwin character in Glengarry Glenn Ross, he's there as a narrative function. To And Glengarry Glen, Glen Ross is about people who sell, like, swampland, shitty land uh, To people who who envision it as a place where they're going to build some dream home or they're going to live in some fresh place there they're going to make their 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 ne- they're going to use their nest egg to buy some land and really own part of America and be. Part living the dream but in reality it's a swampland that's shitty and hard to develop and it's just it's been it's being dumped off by these guys who are trying to make it sound like a scenic resort but it's not so they're selling shitty shit to stupid people bottom line that's what their job is and they have a big contest and if they don't if a couple of the characters don't do well in that contest they're going to be SOL and some of the other characters who don't even need to do good in that contest are going to kill it because they're great salespeople. So that's the setup for the story, and that isn't quite enough for you to get into it as a movie. So Alec Baldwin comes in, and in a beautifully written scene that isn't in the play, by the way, and the the play doesn't have this scene. The Pulitzer Prize-winning play doesn't have that scene, but the scene in the movie just puts a fine point on it. If you guys don't sell this shit, you are going to get fucked, because the top guy gets a Cadillac car, second guy, set of steak knives— Third prize is you're fired because we're cutting this fucking office off, and the dude start arguing their positions. Like, well, I've been here for years, and I had a hot streak, and I'm just kind of cold right now. You can't talk to us this way, blah blah. And he starts telling them shit like, uh, he said, uh, "What what's your name?" The guy asked him, "What's his name?" My name is, you know, and he starts telling him, "My name is this watch. My name is I drive a better car than you. My name is." He starts breaking down like, "My name, my identity." Is that I'm better than you because I have more capitalistic success than you. And on a certain level, I buy that because I'm a fucking American. Yeah. But on a higher intellectual level, that's what makes people such villainous, I just followed orders, cogs in the capitalistic machine, is that people, once you start making some money, you could fucking uh, absolve yourself of any number of crimes.
1: Well, and this is a, a great example, too, because the then they did Boiler Room, which is like a cheaper, weak ass version of of uh, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And uh, I think I mentioned this off air, but like I had a my supervisor in my telemarketing job was like, you've got to watch this movie. They are going to teach you how to sell It's like, oh, no, that is not what this movie is doing. They're teaching you about the worst part of capitalism and the worst part of that attitude they are not teaching you <laughs> that is not what that it's about and you do not understand that correctly dude um and that's actually kind of why i ended up quitting that job like eventually i was like oh i'm not helping anyone i'm just taking advantage of people and, and i don't mind selling stuff if i'm gonna help a person like i'm cool with that like i like helping people but like and when i say i like helping people i i'm not trying to sell myself as some like change people's lives type of guy i don't do much of that but like if i'm going to sell something i want to make sure that i'm selling them a thing they actually need right
0: right you want to yeah. actually try to solve their problem and make money which is what business is supposed to be about exactly and, and and it's 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 honestly the only thing that you owe anybody as a person is like okay i sell you i sell you a painting that costs me eight dollars in materials but i sell it to you for thousands of dollars because you're paying for how long it took me to learn how to paint that good, okay? Everybody kind of understands that, and like a car, right? It it, it takes them, uh, let's say, ten thousand dollars to build this car. They sell it to you for thirty thousand dollars because your fucking ass can't build a car, yeah. So they can mark it up in a certain manner, and then they can mark it up above that so that the salespeople have some latitude to be able to make some money for themselves in that. And everybody's fine with all of that but when it beco- when it becomes like selling an old ass grandma some swampland that she that she thinks she's going to build a uh her 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 matriarchal castle on and the shit's in literally a sinkhole and you took her whole nest egg by selling her a dream and she's like a halfway dementia patient with nobody watching her that becomes like it becomes more than just hey man you know there's a sucker born just every a minute just do business,
1: man just yeah, do, just
0: a, do business. a business it becomes yep. it becomes more than that. because like putting people in medical debt, like, fucking if you can if you can have if you have the choice to pull the trigger or not pull the trigger on a foreclosing on somebody's house when you know for a fact that their debt that they're in is medical debt, and you choose to do that because frankly, people with medical debt can't fight you and you'll get more houses to sell more stuff, that's just yeah. wrong. You know what I'm saying? It's and it's the just, only it,
1: time I yeah. really wish there was hell. You that's know the only time because I want that guy to be stabbed by the devil's dick over and over <laughs> and over again.
0: You want them to, you want them dragged to hell. Uh uh so yeah, so that's basically um in the end, movies with these type of characters that have these flat arcs, they have these ideologies that they won't back off of, they have that 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 are never actually challenged. Uh, in in these movies, there's almost something in, there's something almost insidious to that shit. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, almost like this like I stuck to my guns like I, I, in in a roundabout way. Tarzan's one of those characters, and I know oh, people yeah. hate Tarzan because of the racial implications and the Tarzan in the book saying I'm the killer of apes and many black men. There's a lot of wild shit that's in the original books. But the one of the main things that's fucked up in there is that the apes just knew to take care of this baby. They just knew that they couldn't crack this thing open and eat it. And there it's almost like it's almost like they knew they were going to get in trouble. Like, hey, man, we fuck up with this white baby. There's going to be all types of motherfuckers in this jungle <laughs> fucking itself. <laughs> we can't fuck this white baby up. So yeah. we got to take care of this motherfucker until they come and get him and then all of a sudden they get attached to the white baby and then the white baby becomes a better ape than any other ape and oh, the yeah, white yeah. baby is is a better jungle fighter than any black person ever born near the jungle in ever history it's just like this this almost like the sheer whiteness of tarzan saved him from being a uh, prey to the animals and 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 and, and sub and, and having to submit to the physically stronger apes and stuff it was always like this is his whiteness and his super intelligence over everybody who's ever been in Africa before. Like this is the first time a white mind got trapped in Africa. You don't understand how to be a dope motherfucker in Africa, but when a white motherfucker get trapped in Africa and has to has to adapt for the beginning, all type of superhuman abilities are accessed. You know what I mean? It's just like wow, dude. Well, look
1: at as a, a white human being um, having. Growing up in uh, New Mexico, let me tell you, uh, my being white uh, did bring out all kinds of great things. Um, <laughs> tons of skills, both um, ass <laughs> skills. Wait a minute, I got both no. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it is ridiculous. A lot of that stuff is ridiculous, and and there and and these characters, I I I hope that people take a look at these characters and see them for what they are. And see the multitudes that exist within them and the good parts and the bad parts and recognize that uh, sometimes we're not supposed to like a character that's a rebel. Sometimes we're supposed to look at that character and learn from them. And I hope more storytellers remember that as well, by the way, because sometimes they do a bad job doing that. So,
0: yeah. But the last things last. I think that's the last place where we actually need to, I think we're marching very steadily towards a world where you can't explore on screen something that you would never fuck with in real life. Like you, you can't write a character that's fucked up anymore because people will think that you're endorsing that when in reality, like if you look at most of these characters, they get super fucked in the end. They don't actually win or do anything. so it's like, part of yeah, it is the night nine- dies yeah so part of the, the 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 uh it's just funny to me how like even in the movies that are supposedly glorifying some of this behavior the characters get fucked yeah. like even in glory in gungarri ross the best salesman gets fucked the worst salesman who's willing to do anything to get by gets fucked everybody who did anything bad gets fucked. Yep. So it's like so it's like I think it takes a certain sort of nihilism. I know that's word to take a drink, but uh I, that word keeps coming up. Uh there, it takes a certain sort of nihilism to go, well fuck it. If I'm born to lose, I might as well be a bad shitty person on the way to losing. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck is that? Like it's I might as well
1: be as shitty as possible. Woo <laughs>
0: it's just that that that's what's wild to me about some of these 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 people because again i think i'm writing something with a character with a flat arc that's why i'm probably attacking arc so much and i think it's because in this respect i do want the world to come around not to come around to this character's uh he has an arc in that he uh believes more in himself in the end and he 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 um he lets some baggage go by the end, so that's his arc. But as far as him being like, "I'm hella shitty," and I suddenly become good, eh? I don't really, I don't really enjoy that because I don't, I don't see it really happening too much. And I think a lot of times when it does happen, it's for weird reasons. Like I was doing this project one time, and we were we were um interviewing like people who were like former white supremacists and shit like that, and it's like a lot of them were just being like, "Yeah, check me out. I'm better now." Buy my book about how I'm better now for five ninety. You know what I mean? It, it was yeah, a lot yeah. of this marketing of how much better I am. I used to be a shitty stockbroker guy, but now I'm a good guy who helps good people buy my shit. If you don't buy it, you're a loser. You'll never win. It's like you're doing that same mentality you used to do, but now with this goofy slap chop spin on it. And it's not. It's not. Yeah, it, you haven't changed. You've 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 adapted your shittiness to the per, to the present political climate if that makes any sense you know what i mean it does. and that it that's does. part of why i reject arcs on some level and sort of things but in movies again that's the greatest thing about movies like you said earlier they are exemplary of the times that people can change they are exemplary uh of the times when we can see some of these ideas play out and i think it's good that we we talked about some of these characters that people um people deify and people kind of don't look at close enough but i don't think in the end my last statement is i don't think it's on art or on artists to always write decent nice people to always write people that you agree with to always have bad people be punished at the end of things i don't think that's their 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 bag at all because in real fucking life bad people get away with shit every day People yes, need to fucking did. know that, even in movie land. They need to fucking know that. We need to have a few more Empire Strikes Backses uh, of all genres across all levels of movie across all whatever. More like, wow, that those people almost won. Why didn't they win? Why is it a tragedy? It's a tragedy because they could have won. You know what I mean? There's, there's yeah. a lot of things that are going on with some of these less desirable um, ways to make films. So I don't want to shut that down all the way, but yeah, so people who decide to willfully ignore the times that characters get their comeuppance for stuff that they've done across the narrative. Like Tyler Durden got himself killed by pushing it too far. He probably could have kept he probably could have kept moving moving that guy's body around for another 50 years, but he pushed it too far. And got himself shot in the head. <laughs> you know what I mean. He he, he yeah. pushed it too far. So there's a lot of times when people ignore the lesson. So you're right, dude. People need to look more about what actually what these characters represent. And w- sometimes when you have a flat ass arc and you refuse to change, you get fucked up. So maybe yeah. that's the best argument for arcs uh being a, a, a necessary evil in my mind in, cin- in cinema. Is that a lot of times when you don't change, when you fail to adapt, when you fail to bend like the bamboo tree, you snap and you break and you lose.
1: Yeah, be like water, my friend.
0: <laughs> well, give them our Patreon and let's get on out of here because you, we get even deeper than this on the Patreon. We get fucking nuts talking about this stuff, and and we get uh, and we also have some fun little um, funny games that we do on the uh, on. Funny games that's a that's a fucking movie yeah, where it's funny like games. hey the good guys do not win in that movie spoiler yeah. alert so uh yeah. but yeah we we explore a lot of things we have we have an excellent episode up on there right now where we talk about fixing villains and we kind of go in and it's not we're not we don't make them better people we make them better at being villains and it's yep. it's a really it's a really interesting thing uh, that we did that I'm very proud of, and it's on the Patreon right now. So it's a uh, Patreon, uh, Patreon.com forward slash the greatest pod.
1: Yeah, you can even listen to us uh, fix Stiltman. We totally yeah, did that. Absolutely did that. We totally yeah fixed yeah. Stilt, man. yeah he's Five dollars so to hear that <laughs> podcast. Seven dollars <laughs> to get Ed to draw Stiltman and send it to you.
0: <laughs> With seven dollars, we 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 send you great art, yeah. uh, uh, not pictures of stilt man. But yes, we do <laughs> we do, we do try so hard on the Patreon to at least four more uh, extra pods and two pieces of art mailed directly to your door every month. So for that small amount, you get to actually help us do the things that we do.
1: Yeah. And if you are, you know, listening to this and you look at your bank account and there is like a zero and or a negative in it, we get it. We've been there. Just leave us a review review us on uh, Apple podcasts or wherever you get your pods and say something nice, leave a five-star review. And uh, and that helps us move up in the charts and get more listeners uh, because this is going well and we want it to go even better. So thanks as always for listening to another episode of the greatest pod. Oh uh-huh.